Welcome everybody, Veil of Sound Sunday, Interview Sunday, and of course, as usual, we have a highly interesting guest, Matt Wainwright from Cold God. Matt, thanks for being on the show. Hey, like I said, man, thank you for having me. So, first question for a few weeks now has always been, what kind of band merch, shirt or anything, is your band merch of the day? Oh, okay. So I current I don't have any uh I don't have any band merch on on me right now. I'm rocking the uh the now the now debunked uh Yeezy Gap hoodie, shrunken Yeezy Gap, and then I got a nice little, you know, Zara shirt underneath it. But I will say when I was trying to pick my fit for the day, uh I was just gonna rock a cold guy tee, I'm not gonna lie to you. You sometimes got to pluck your own stuff. That is very good. So I'm just wearing a classic American hardcore thing. American Nightmare. Oh, yeah, American Nightmare. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Although I got to say that the last two records didn't, too, didn't do too much for me. But the first stuff is always awesome. So. Yeah. That's um, absolutely a classic. Yeah. Right. Second of all, where are we catching you right now? Uh, right now, I'm in uh, my girlfriend and I's lovely new apartment in uh, Pasadena, California. It's okay. uh, 8 a.m., bright early in the morning, California time. Got myself a cup of coffee, so to make it clear for all our American viewers to see this, so he's wide awake, and as it's already 5 p.m. my side, I'm more like... yeah. <laughs> but so for for everybody who might undeservedly and incorrectly not be 100% familiar with Cold God, please explain your position in the band for everybody who uh, listened to the re record but might not know who is in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listening to the record, uh, I do everything on it. So from guitar, bass, drums, singing. Uh, everything except for the yelling vocals, uh, <laughs> and for the other people talking and comfort the, uh, I pretty much did everything. And then, um, also my friend Tyler, uh, co-wrote Comfort Thug with me musically. Uh, mm -hmm. but when we play live, I play guitar and I sing and, uh, yeah, that's what I do. So then, is it correct if we say that Cold God is basically a solo project, which then has live musicians? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a band now at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've, we've yet to, we've yet to write anything as a band when it comes mm -hmm. to, you know, like creating music together, but mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely a band, uh, mm -hmm. but I also think it can exist in, in multiple forms. So, you know, if you see like, for instance, like our, our lineup changes, uh, kind of heavily. So there, there are like a core six members, but you know, any one of those people, you know, I switched out just, you know, if they can't make it and we have friends mm -hmm. who are also like musically inclined and talented, uh, you know, they help us out too. So it, but to answer your question, it's a band. Okay. So I, I, the way you described it right now, I was thinking it might even be something like a collective, you know, um, but that yeah, sounds highly yeah, interesting. Exactly. It's like Wu-Tang. <laughs> That's a very good comparison, man. Um, yeah. so, um, First, first of all, I of course have to ask that, you know, looking at the record title, God shall get you the fuck out of where? LA, <laughs> the US, where? Uh, just life in general, man. Oh, that like, sounds uh, like very atmospheric, depressive, suicidal black metal, but you, you're not doing that. So come on. Uh, is it, is it know, like, uh, you, you go ahead. No, no, you go. Oh, okay. But I, I was going to say, um, you know, it's a, a you hit it right on the head with uh, atmospheric and depressive. Mm -hmm. So um, is you go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, but yeah, I don't. Uh, you you go ahead. I did, I felt I feel bad for stepping on you. Go for it. No, no, that's all good. That's all good. So is then the project also some kind of cathartic release for you? Absolutely. Um, you know, I can, uh, I get, I get my rocks off, uh, doing this music shit, you know? So, mm -hmm. 
Um, and it, it really, I, I said this a couple weeks ago, but I think, um, I think it's, it still remains true that, um, you know, I think shoegaze, the genre is, um, one of its many facets of it is, uh, being a sort of escapism, whether mm-hmm. it's just, you know, getting lost in the wall of sound or, you know, there, I mean, think about records that you listen to where you know it it takes you out of the day-to-day you're like oh like enough of this mundane shit like i'm gonna go listen to this record and go away and um i feel that way even with the music that i create uh when when we're playing when i'm writing like i i was just uh jamming on my acoustic uh yesterday and you know just losing track of time before i had to hit before i had to head over to work Mm -hmm. uh but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's this big level. It's its cathartic, like being able to play and get these songs out there and listen to them over and over again. its I feel like I was able to let let something go and move mm. on and now go on to the next thing. I like the pride with which you describe that. That is really cool. And with which you also describe what your own music does for you. That is very cool because I think a lot of people inside the scene have this kind of, how should I say, this this too shy and not too pr- not proud enough of their own work. And I, I like that about the way you described it and about the music. But when I l- listen to what you just said, there are two rec- there are basically two questions that attach to that from me. Mm-hmm. So you said you like put on a record and it takes you away. Then of course, what was the last record that Ooh. took you away? From... Let me see. Let me see. Hold up. I, ha- I have to have it. Actually, um, I get to answer that question right away. Uh, uh, I've been going down this like, I've been really getting into Beach House lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known I've known of them for years, but mm-hmm. now I'm like really getting into the discography mm-hmm. and like the type of art they create. And um, mm-hmm. I think uh, currently it, it was Depression Cherry maybe earlier on this year, but now I just listened to. I listen to Bloom or that mm-hmm. record seven yeah. and I'm just, I'm not worried about anything at all. Like I just get to get lost in all the soundscapes mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. make and go away to this nice place. Mm-hmm. Would you agree that shoegaze is probably one of a few genres in which you can escape while playing a live show? Because of... Yeah. Oh yeah. For for sure. I mean, the whole the whole goal, at least in in my experience, is to create an experience. Meaning, you know, it's not it's more than just playing your songs and then after mm-hmm. you're done, uh, stopping and addressing the audience. And for mm-hmm. some people, that that's what they do. But to mm-hmm. me, that's not that's not escapism. Like I'm trying I'm trying to enjoy my band the same mm-hmm. way that someone else in the crowd is. And I know mm-hmm. that the way that I would like to see a shoegaze show, I'm sure you're aware of them, but that band were, um, you know, I've, I've seen them a, a bunch of times before they went away. And, you know, every time it just, they, they were setting a mood and mm-hmm. I love just like waiting to see what they were going to do next, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, feedback in between songs, samples in between songs, mm-hmm. um, the fog that they did um, on that uh, so those couple tours, you know, it's it's setting a vibe, and I just love that. That was like my favorite my favorite band experience. Like seeing a band play was mm-hmm. seeing where. So it's like taking what they did and then improving upon that in my way. So what got you into shoegaze? Was there any particular like band or record or maybe even a? A concert that was like your gateway into shoegaze. Yeah, well, where was number one? Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember where was supposed to open for Touche Amore mm-hmm. at Chain Reaction back in 2012, and mm-hmm. they event uh, unfortunately never showed up to that show. But you know, this is back when I was just learning about all of this stuff, and this is a uh, mm-hmm. peak Tumblr. So anything that I'm seeing online, I'm looking it up. I'm like, who the hell is this? I need to own their records, this and that. So at the time, 
I believe the June 7-inch was out. And that was the first thing that I listened to was the songs uh, June Bevere and uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I honestly never heard anything like that. And I was like, wow, this shit's fucking, it's crazy. And um, got really into them. And then I think the next step after that to like really involve myself in the genre and learn everything, like the roots of where this all comes from was mm-hmm. when uh, mm-hmm. Nothing's Guilty of Everything came out. Mm-hmm. That I really latched myself onto that record. I remember when it came out and I was a senior in high school and I would sneak listening to it in class. Like I'd, I'd have my hoodie up like this <laughs> and I'd have, I'd have my earbuds in so that way I could listen to Bet Nail like over and over again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think we're, we're in nothing. Those are hands down the most important. Mm-hmm. Very good choices, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I also like the idea how you, for lack of a better word, mash up genres. Because, of course, mm-hmm. at the core, Cold God is and will probably always be a shoegaze band, right? But there are some other things in there. And one thing that struck me was a certain, let's say, like, R&B kind of attitude. Yeah. I hope that's correct. How did you get to that idea of mixing two essentially very different scenes with each other? Um, well, I mean, at the at the crux of it, I mean, the the subject material more or less is the same, mm-hmm. especially when it when you get to the uh, the earlier stuff and kind of a lot of the lyrics that uh, were was writing. You know, they share a similar vein with R&B, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, it's these topics of love, lust, and longing. Yeah. Uh, the three L's. And, um, you know, our, that's, that's like, that's R&B in a nutshell. And True. so, uh, you know, they, they just do it, and R&B just does it in a different way than shoegaze. But especially if you bring, you bring those topics, uh, you bring those chords, which you know, maybe on an R&B song or a piano, uh, the, mm-hmm. there, there's always those little, um, uh, you know, the, even little guitar chords. Like I yeah. was listening to, uh, I was listening to Usher the other day and the song, um, of course I can't remember it right now, but it's a seven o'clock, I'm, a dot, I'm in the drop top. Yeah. I would have to ask my wife. She could right now straight away tell you which song it is. <laughs> That's her youth. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah, that's tight. But uh, yeah, there's like a guitar chord back there that I was like, cool, yeah. got to throw that into a Cold God song, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's just a lot of shared shared chords, shared imagery, uh, mm-hmm. and like I said, the topics. Just to to throw like the little what if game a step further. So you decided to bring some of the core elements of R and B into shoegaze. Why did you not choose to introduce shoegaze element elements into R&B? Uh, that's a good question. Um, mainly because that's what we're known uh, for. <laughs> yeah, I like it. You know, fucking flex your shit, man. Yeah, but, of course. Um, <laughs> um, so, honestly, because uh, I just I just know how to play guitar. Like my mm-hmm. my my skill set lies in you know your typical. Uh, band elements so playing guitar mm-hmm. bass and drums uh, I can do all that I really can't uh, make beats and also mm-hmm. as much as I'm a great singer uh, those R&B people are way better than me and uh, shoegaze lends itself to a little bit of a uh, disguising any flaws you may have <laughs> so uh, and it's, just, it's yeah. just I've it's something I've I've studied a lot more um, mm-hmm. so yeah I just have more of a knack for shoegaze than I do mm-hmm. R&B, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I would love to, like, I would love to mm-hmm. get on like a, mm-hmm. like a Drake, like a CC's interlude and do something like that. <laughs> you know, I, I would love to now, now that like, I'm, I have certain people at my disposal and just even like new, cause even with the, the demoing process for God get me, I was learning how to, you know, do just very light audio engineering. 
Mm. And so now, you know, I could probably sit down and Reaper or whatever and like mm. take a beat off of YouTube and figure out what to do. Would you agree that when looking at those two genres, that one, R&B, is very much focused on the vocals, whereas shoegaze is, of course, much more focused on the music. Would you agree on that, A? And would you then, B, say, that's also one of the reasons why I chose shoegaze? Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I agree with that. I also, I enjoy, out of all the instruments that I know how to play, uh, I, enjoy, I enjoy playing guitar the most. Mm -hmm. So uh, in, that, in that sense, you know, I've, I'm, more, I'm more of a music person when it comes to shoegaze mm -hmm. and like being mm -hmm. able to layer all that stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, now because I have the interest in R&B and being able to place the vocals more forward, you know, that's mm -hmm. why on the record, the vocals show through way more than a lot of your typical uh, shoegaze stuff. Yeah, they're much more front and center. That's true. That's also something that I highly enjoy about the record. You know, you got somebody who is, for shoegaze comparisons, a singing unicorn, you know, whereas <laughs> you just said, you know, like if you had it done the other way around, mm, but inside the scene, you're, you're definitely one of the, well, you're definitely one of the singers on the on the good and better side. Um, and I like the way that you just described, you know, like also placing the vocals a few more steps to the center of the stage. When you mixed the record, was that a deliberate decision? Yes. Uh, so Gabe Larga Espada is the, uh, the engineer for the record and I, I went with him because, well, one, he just, I knew he, the, the sounds that he gets for guitars was perfect. It's what I wanted. You know, he did, at the time, he did a lot more heavier stuff, a lot more like hardcore, that metalcore sort of thing. So taking shoegaze to him, I knew he was going to be able to get the tones that I wanted, you know, really mm -hmm. fat and really dirty, mm -hmm. um, as well as he has a knack for pop music. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what... It, uh, similar to R&B, pop has the vocals front, front and center. And so as much as I would have loved to have my vocals buried, I, I knew he wasn't going to do that. Mm. And so it was sort of this, ha it was this happy marriage of the skills that he had. And plus mm -hmm. me wanting to have enough reverb on my vocals to, you mm -hmm. know, really cement it as shoegaze as opposed to anything yeah. else. Mm -hmm. Um, so that that that's all Gabe. Uh, he he was able to put it. He was able to find it, find a place to put it in the mix where mm -hmm. it wasn't too much above the music itself. Like it, I think it fits pretty squarely, but it, it shines in a way that it doesn't on any uh, other contemporary records. True, definitely. Um, when going through your lyrics. And also, of course, looking at press kits and, and other stuff. I somewhere had the feeling as if you're not only trying to incorporate R&B into shoegaze, but also are trying to bring African-Americans more into the scene. Is that just a notion that I had, or is that something that is really important to you? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's super important. Uh, you know, as there's not a lot of, I mean, I'm sure you could do a quick scan in your mind of people who look like me who are rocking the title shoegaze and it's gonna come up zero results found. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's kind of- I, I actually did that, and for everybody listening, I really sat down for an hour and I was thinking hard and I didn't come up with another African-American frontman in shoegaze. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I it's uh, not to say that it's my mission in any way, but I would, it would be dope in a, uh, for the existence of cold God and me and the genre to bring, um, you know, to like instill a sort of confidence into other black kids or people mm -hmm. of culture 
people of color and uh you know bring them you know give them the confidence to be able to mm-hmm. be like yeah i'm just i'm gonna rock this this jazz master because you know especially when you're a person of color into stuff like this you know and it, it doesn't happen i'm 26 now so i think people could give a fuck less about being uh genre purist about anything but you know when you're growing up and especially when i was 18 getting into this sort of stuff and when i was younger getting into green day and whatever you know some kids could classify it as quote-unquote white shit right and you know that's and, and, yeah it, it doesn't it claims, yeah in, in the sense that for guys are in the sense that for guys are white and some of our music is Correct. Yeah. Correct. So that that's what they're seeing. Like they're 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 not seeing a reflection of themselves. So that way, no. it's like okay, well then, what's that foreign shit over there, right? Yeah. Um, and so for me to you know, I've I've held on to this for a long time, and you know, I'm sure there are kids who are like 16, 17, mm-hmm. who are finding out about Cold God, and now they're like, oh, there's somebody who looks like me. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick up the guitar and and do this sort of thing. And I think that's dope. You know, I think there should be more people of color in the scene. And I'm friends Mm -hmm. with like the people in Zulu and, you Mm -hmm. know, Zulu, that's kind of maybe not more or less their mission, but something that obviously you can see the effect of currently, like Zulu has been around for a couple of years Mm -hmm. and there's already more um, people of color, like visibly Mm -hmm. more people of color Mm -hmm. into the scene, you know? Yeah. And so, and that that's just through their existence. And they, they preach a pro-black message, not to say that we don't, but first of all, I don't really talk to the crowd, and Anaya does. But, um, you know, I think it's just the existence in general is mm-hmm. uh, going to bring more people into the game. So you said you're you're not on a mission, but... You're not on a mission, but you would like to see that happen, right? Right. Because, I mean, in, in general, my my mission is just to make good art. And the, uh, the effects of that are whatever they will be. Mm-hmm. So to say, like, if in the process of me making this great art, mm-hmm. if more black people end up being front, front men or front women of shoegaze bands, or there's all black shoegaze bands. I mean, you know, there there is AR Kane, right? But, you know, we're we're not even like all black. And obviously that's that's not the goal here. But, you know, mm-hmm. what the day that that comes, that's going to be very exciting. Mm-hmm. And just to think about the elements that they're going to bring. Like they're going to have all the same influences that I have outside mm-hmm. of shoegaze, and then they're going to have shoegaze, and then they're going to have what I would imagine would be like my influence on top of that. So that's going to sound fucking nuts. <laughs> it would. Um, but have you got any idea why we have so few people of color or African-Americans or generally peeping, people from a migrational background in a scene like shoegaze? Uh, I think, it, like I was saying before, I just think um, people, people don't see... Um, of a reflection they don't see people who look like them doing a thing and so mm-hmm. it's almost a sort of daunting task to mm-hmm. feel like it's easy for you to get involved into a certain thing mm-hmm. um you know i could i could speak from experience for sure i mean and that 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 goes amongst like different walks of life that i've decided to put myself in uh of course you know, it's it's kind of challenging to not have somebody mm-hmm. who may have my uh, same background or experience mm-hmm. and not be able to ask them questions or get advice, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when when you don't see people who look like you, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Can I do it? Yeah. Can I do it? And so I think that's um, that that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And then what I also like about cold god is that even though you would be happy if that like role model thing happened but it's also the way that you are not trying to push that too hard there are elements of african-american culture and of of um of r&b in cold god but it's not the way as if you say like oh we gotta push this to the max Mm -hmm. 
so you have like you're using slang and cuss words and you're using some ideas and phrases but there is a little bit more to that isn't there like there, yeah. there is a little bit more than just like using the n-word which i'm not allowed to say but you know what i mean right yeah yeah i mean it's just it's it's taking influence from everything you know it's not mm. to to just be influenced by shoegaze and making shoegaze music i mean mm. you know a million and one people do that and think about all those bands that have probably popped up and then just gone away you know mm. and you know i'm like i'm i'm into rap i'm in, i'm into west side gun i'm into solange i'm into yay i'm into jay-z i'm into beyonce and it's you know why why leave that why keep it separate there's no point mm -hmm. you know at yeah. the end of, at the end of the day it's just a bunch of good art just because people got different skin tones and whatever and the beat might be different doesn't mean that mm -hmm. these things can't merge and True. so i think it's it would be dumb for me to not pull like you know like this like the high fashion shit of roddy rich or west side gun and you know just keep that elsewhere like i gotta bring mm -hmm. that into what i'm doing now because it's it's different you know there's there there hasn't been much of a reshaping of the genre in quite some time and That's you true. know and i think bring bringing these uh these certain elements are helping do that in my humble opinion no it's not only your humble opinion i think you're also very right about that we mean when you look at when you look at shoegaze the genre has been i don't want to say stuck but it had been very similar for the last 30 years basically since its inception uh so yeah bringing new stuff in is always a good thing and one thing one track that really struck me because of its musical foundation and because of the the conversation in it was comfort fuck um is that track and also the topic of a conversation in comfort fuck is that in any way a programmatic thing for you and the band because you're basically talking about the problems that bands of color have getting into a scene getting a gig playing so is that is that like a programmatic thing are you witnessing those difficulties um no, I mean, it's, um, I would say it's definitely facing, a, you know, it, it, it being a new thing, it's, mm -hmm. it's hard for it to be accepted off, off mm -hmm. it, you know, um, because I think people don't really have a reference for what Cold God is. Like, there's, there's no other band to look back on and say, oh, okay, they're, they're like so-and-so, so we like them. I mean, it's it's pretty easy to level the uh, the criticism that is word junior against us, and that's okay with me. But you know, there's there's no frame of reference for what we do. So, anytime Cold God pops up anywhere online, uh, you know, I I see the comments and people are like, "Oh, like, what is this?" Like, I I remember the the first time that the record dropped, some kid on Reddit, uh, without even listening to it assumed that the record was a like a mumble rap record which to me is like that's, that's not a it's it's i understand it is offensive but i wasn't offended by it that was kind of more like it was fuel for me to be like okay like you think that's mumble rap guess what like fucking strap in because it's gonna be the best record you've ever heard but um yeah i mean it's more so just you know it's it's a song about um just just getting into a space and you know changing that motherfucker like there's going to be mm -hmm. a lot of people who get uh handed these opportunities and maybe not so much really work for it maybe as hard as uh say that i have to and mm -hmm. they're just going to maintain the status quo whereas with me you know i i may have to work a little harder to get into these spaces that i feel like i should just kind of be walked into mm -hmm. um but the second i get in there I'm flipping that bitch on his head. Like, yeah, you know that, that is definitely true. You, you're in in a way you're changing the rules of game, right? 
Exactly, and that that's more so what it's about. It's it's going it's going into a place that has a a status quo, and just changing it, no matter how mm-hmm. hard it's going to be. You know, you there's there's a lot of adversities. There's a lot of people who are going to get it before you do, who don't mm-hmm. do shit with it, and it's like okay, like you can't you can't let that shit, you know, deter you from your path. Like you know, I I got a mission with this sort of thing and. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna see to it regardless of who come who's who's here right now, who comes next. Mm-hmm. Has this level of adversity has that changed over the years? I mean, because of course you have already done several concerts, and you have you had you, you, this is not like the first songs you ever put out, you know. So, has the level of diversity changed mm-hmm. over the last couple of years for you in Cold God? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, to like the I remember like the first big thing that was a problem was uh, and mind you, not so far at least to me, you know, none none of it has been necessarily racial in any way, but mm-hmm. you know, which is a very good thing like to hear, new, right? This new thing without having any. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um. You know, our first issue, like, I remember, like, our first show was the hardest thing to get done because, um, you know, we we had that one record, we had Creative Pursuits, but we, we hadn't played a show. And so mm. I'm hitting up all these places months in advance, like, hey, can we book here? Hey, can we book here? And, you know, everyone's turning it down left and right because they just, they hadn't seen it before. They had, the record... And I was sending the record early to everybody, trying to be like, hey, listen to this. Now can we play here? And people at the time just weren't necessarily picking up what I was putting down. And uh, eventually we were able to get our show done. And now we're playing shows fucking, I mean, not everywhere, but I'll say left and right, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, as this this thing grows, I think adversity is only going to get bigger because, you know, the thing is, I want to be the hottest thing out. And I think, you know, me push, pushing on that ceiling when there's people who maybe have been in the game longer or have done, have accomplished certain things that maybe we have yet to accomplish. And, you know, we haven't, it hasn't even been like a, Cold God's been a thing since 2020, but we haven't even been like as a band, as a unit, we haven't been a thing for, it's still a little less than a year. Mm. Like when we play that Deftone show, that'll be the year anniversary of the band being a band, mm-hmm. and you know, like I said, I'm just I'm just trying to push it further and further. So I I've yet to. There's like small little things, but nothing like it's a lot of stuff that I can handle. But I know there will be adversity on the way to the top, and I welcome it. You know, I was able to mm-hmm. get us our first show. What's to stop us from? you know, playing Coachella or playing like Made in America or, you know, me being mm-hmm. able to get Snow Allegra to feature on the record. Like it's, it's all possible. Yeah, it is definitely. Um, what I also would like to talk about are like a few lines from a few of your tracks. And there is one in particular that I would like to talk about. And that is from two Iris Prince, where you say, I still can't figure out who I am. Dark skin, present youth. It's all I can do. Is that an, at least to me, that is kind of an ambiguous line because of A, it's a personal reflection of your own status and B, it seems to be also something about you being an outsider in a predominantly white scene. Is that correct or am I making things up? Um... I mean, so I think first of all, every everything is up into up to its own interpretation. Uh, so, what like what you're able to gather from that, I, I do appreciate that, and you know, I'm sure that it, like it's other people may think that too, and it gets your head that scratch a little bit. But um, I remember when I was writing it. I mean, mainly that song was it's just kind of like it was me in a very dour place. It's um, mm-hmm. you know, the line like I still still can't figure out who I am. I mean, it's a, it's a real statement, 
you know, I don't, I don't necessarily, it's, it's hard to figure out, um, the whole idea of purpose and things of that nature. Um, but then, you know, that last line kind of just boil, boils it down to, you know, all right, like, what can I see that's right in front of me? And maybe mm-hmm. that's all that I am. And that's okay. It's just uh, a matter of being able to make it work. So, you know, mm-hmm. like, Dark's the youthful, youthful black kid. Like, I, I know that's who I am, and that's who I'll always be. Even when I'm 50, I'll be a youthful black kid. And, uh, you know, there still may always be this larger sense of trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do on this earth or, like, why is my life worth any meaning? But I know, I know what I got. You know, at the at the end of the day, I know that I mean, I'm just I'm who I am, and I'm I'm youthful. I got the spirit. That's also one of those lines, which, in a way, apart of course from the dark skin, that's one of those lines which is also like a typical, not cliche, but like a very, very important topic for shoegaze, right? Being an outsider, because shoegaze yeah. still isn't. Apart from a very few bands, shoegaze is not a money-making machine, right? So, yeah, yeah. So you, it's an outsider thing, and even within that outsider thing, you are still an outsider, aren't you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and yeah. I think we always will be, and that's okay. Yeah. Like you know, if if we're the underdog forever, cool. Like you know, yeah. that's it. It that's like it'll keep that fighting spirit in me. Yeah which i think is it's cool it's it's a it, to me as much as it is as it is difficult and this kind of goes back to our adversity conversation as much as it is difficult to get to certain places you know i kind of you know i like i like fighting from behind because mm-hmm. it means like i just re- i really gotta work and once we hit certain milestones you know it's gonna be all the more worth it because i know that i worked my ass off to do it yeah and you've been very overweight um something else that we already hit a little bit but just to point it out your music has this huge wall of sound right so there's this huge wall of sound for the cold god songs but there is also some kind of accessibility which comes from the vocals, of course, in a bit, but also the music itself, even though it's grand and big and huge, there is also this level of accessibility and and appeal to the music itself. Was that a difficult thing for you to achieve while you were writing the songs? Uh, no. Um, I mean, it, it comes from a lot of places. Um, but first of all, we can like to get to the skeleton of it. Um, you know, the songs are on, they're super simple. Like if, if, uh, if I were to show any guitar player, like the tabs that I have written out to get it done, you know, these songs, like besides like changing tunings and stuff, these songs are super easy and that's on purpose because, you know, I knew eventually down the line, I was going to have to show people how to play this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody who plays in the band, they're very skilled guitar players. But, you know, I think it's 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 nice to be given a, a easy sheet of music and go, oh, that's it. OK, cool. And <laughs> people can lock right in like uh, we have like I have two two friends who have helped out, uh, helped us play shows. And, you know, they I think they might have like studied they like did two days of practicing on their own they got right Mm -hmm. to practice and we were locked in so uh so it's very it's very purposeful to keep those songs really easy um i think too at the time i was listening to a lot of nirvana uh when i was writing the record and you know kurt really had it dialed in the whole pop structure but bringing it to aggressive rock music and so, you know, it is the, you know, ver- verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. And that happens a couple of times on the record. Um, you know, I'm kind of used to uh, music where you sort of verse it all the way through. But I think if you keep the songs structurally, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, whatever, um, it's just, it's easy to find, like, 
the rhythms and latch on to certain mm-hmm. things. Uh, and so that, and that also comes from listening to a lot of R&B. That's the R&B structure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I was just listening to a lot of catchy shit at the time. Like, I mean, think of like Smells Like Teen Spirit, like still the catchiest, one of the catchiest songs of all time. Yeah. Same thing with listening to like Snow Allegra, uh, like Ugh, Those Feels Again. You know, she, she has some songs that just like, they're earwormy sort of shit. So yeah. being able, that's all I was listening to at the time. So that showing through in Cold God, it's kind of like, of course it was going to. Um, but was this appeal also something that you deliberately wanted to have? Uh, hmm. I don't know if I consciously thought about it like that. Um, I mean, definitely. The more people who like it, the better in a way, right? Yeah, um, definitely. But I think I think it was just sort of this this unconscious thing, because um, even were like on Sway and feels like you, they their songs are structured like that, and it has this sort of appeal that maybe, you know, totally blown out shoegaze, maybe doesn't have. Um, it's just it's pretty. I mean, it, I will say it was the goal to have it pretty you know shoegaze i think if you were to describe the genre or even describe if you went to like a a show where people really curated the vibe for it you know i think pretty should be a descriptor Mm. i think so the the goal was to definitely make it feel like everything you were looking at was pretty or grandiose or you know you wanted to say wow at the end of it like you were seeing a good painting and so I think, you know, that that then translates to uh, appeal. And so, of course, you know, I didn't, the goal wasn't to not make it angular in a way, because, you know, I feel like if it's, if it's not um, appealing, it's angular, right? Yeah. And the wasn't the goal was to make it not that, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's just also just not music that I listen to for the most part. You know, every, everything's like super pretty. So, yeah, because you, there, because there you also like it that way, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, one last question that at least popped up somewhere in my head and I don't know where, I mean, your band is called cold God, but there is no, like, but there is no real religious background to it. Right. Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, me, myself. I, as a as a kid, um, currently non-practicing, not thinking about going back. But uh, as a kid, I grew up Mormon, mm-hmm. um, and so I mean, there 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 is like a, a religious background in the sense of who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. But you know, the name honestly just comes from I saw it on the back of somebody's truck. Like somebody bought letters. Like you know how mm-hmm. it says like all wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Somebody bought more letters for their car, and it said "Cold God," and I said, "That's a good name for something." <laughs> and um, that, I mean, that's it's a good exclamation, right? Exactly. I mean, it's just it's dope. Like where it's it's just got this little swag to it that I don't know if the person who put that on their car knew it, but I saw mm-hmm. that and I was like, "Yeah, like you know, for lack of a better term, like that shit's cold." And um, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's not necessarily like, you know, we're not like a Christian band or anything. So for everybody who is now wondering why there is a little change of scenery or why it seems as if we had a cut. Yes, we did have a cut because I was just allowed to witness uh, Matt's application to the Chippendales or was it Magic Mike? I <laughs> forgot. So we were talking about religious background and you said that there basically is none. And yeah, I even thought yeah. so. So uh, we here at Vale of Sound never leave our interview partners without giving them a few questions that we like to call our quickfire round. You will always get two alternatives like roses versus tulips. Uh, and you have to choose between them and maybe give a short explanation for your choice. Let's good. start with something I would say easy. Uh, Nirvana versus the Pixies. Oh, Nirvana. 
Yeah, Nirvana. My, I mean, you go. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, you wanted to. Say, you uh, wanted to explain yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I ha I feel like I have to. You know, I know there's some Pixies diehards, and listen, Nirvana's just the better band. But uh, you know, I um, yeah, I was just going through a big Nirvana phase during a God Get Me, and man, like those are just some of the best songs ever. Like, Kurt, Kurt just knew how to write them. Like it's just those are some hot licks. Those are some hot solos, and they played amazing shows. Like they, if anyone, I mean, grunge is punk, punk, right? But it wasn't, you know, the actual definition of punk. But they brought that sort of punk attitude to grunge, and Definitely. you know that's how they were able to like differentiate themselves from the pack. And mm -hmm. that was the hardest shit. Question connected to the last two Nirvana records, Butch Vick. Or Steve Albini, who would you like to produce your record? Oh, that's a good one. Um, damn. I think if I'm going strictly off, I think where I'm going to go, every time I listen to a producer, I always think about what their drums sound like. Mm -hmm. And especially with the type of drums that I like to use for Cold God Records, we're going butch big. Okay. Yeah, I, I um, love Steve, I, and especially the new mix, like the 2013 uh, mm. mixes to In Utero, I think yeah. are a lot better than the old ones. So uh, th those are really good. But I think, uh, yeah, I think Butch Vig just has a really good. Um, I like his drum tone. Coming a little bit more into the shoegaze territory now. Um, my vitriol versus silver sun pickups. Ooh, uh, I'm not really too familiar with both of them, but I have heard. I do know the I feel a few silver sun pickups songs, so I'm gonna mm -hmm. go silver sun pickups. Let's go for some classics. Lush versus slow dive. Uh, slow dive. Mm -hmm. My Bloody Valentine or Cocteau Twins? Ah, that's a tough one. Uh, shit. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to say My Bloody Valentine because mm -hmm. Who Sees You, uh, I think about that song a lot. Mm -hmm. You've already mentioned the Deftones, but... Yeah. Deftones versus Palms. Ooh. Um, I'll go Deftones. I'm gonna go Deftones. Because they like us, so Deftones wins every time. Having a look at where you come from, but not directly. San Diego versus San Francisco. Oh, Frisco. Frisco all day. I love San Francisco. We play San Diego a lot, and I'm I'm starting to like it. I like San Diego, and I'm beginning to like it more and more every time we go down there. Um, but for San Francisco just has this whole different energy to it that mm -hmm. it's just, I love it. And plus, mm -hmm. I've yet to find this place in San Diego, but in San Francisco, inside of Golden Gate Park is where they have like the De Young Museum, and they have, um, I think there's like the, the Rose Garden, like the... Um, what do you call where there's a bunch of flowers and shit? What are those like places called? Flower show? No, 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 no. no, 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 um, no. God damn it! I know. Uh, I can't. Arboretum? Yeah, something like that. But uh, they, but they not with like, trees, but with flowers, right? But with flowers, yeah, and like plants ah. and stuff, ferns and what have you. But mm -hmm. um, there's like a little square in Golden Gate Park where that plus like the Japanese garden is, and mm -hmm. I fucking love that place. Santa Monica ver and now coming to LA Santa Monica yeah. versus Venice Beach oh uh, I actually just did both of those for the first time not too long ago mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna go I'm going to go I'm gonna go Santa Monica mm -hmm. yeah Santa Monica the hills versus the valley <laughs> Uh, I gotta go. I'm going the valley. We, uh, my mm -hmm. girlfriend and I just picked up a couch from over in the valley and we were driving around 
and she said uh would you we were she said would if we were to ever get a house would you want to get a house in the inland empire which is where we're from or in the mm -hmm. valley and we're driving around the valley and i said that looks pretty dope up here <laughs> yep um Let's go a little bit to the 90s, when you were just born and I wasn't already an old guy. Uh, Tony Braxton versus Sade, or Sade. Oh, Sade. Sade. Okay. I love, love her. Yeah, and uh, of course, Shino does so too, right? Mm -hmm. um, Alicia Keys versus Beyonce. That is our last one. Oh, I, got, I gotta go Beyonce. Uh, for more specific, here's the thing though. Here's the thing, listen, Alicia. When she got to sing about New York, she put the team on her back. You know, can't take that away from her. Yeah. But uh, Beyonce, I mean, just uh, the sort of. I, I just feel like the way that she's gone about her career, and especially like self-titled and on, I think she is a phenomenal artist, and mm -hmm. I love the way that. Uh, you know, her videos look, her the way that her live shows look are unlike anybody else. Um, and also, I mean, her and her and Jay-Z shut down the Louvre for the day to shoot a video. <laughs> Who gets that, to do that, right? A, that's an amazing feat. Like, I would love to do that, too. I've been to the Louvre, like, to shut that whole thing down. That's mm. like, the Louvre is like another city within Paris. Yeah, it is. I got so, one last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one last one. Uh, that's, of course, related to my shirt in some ways, <laughs> yeah. coming from a hardcore background. And I, I heard that you also like that a little bit. Mm -hmm. You get to choose between Touche Amores, Stage 4, and La Disputes, Wildlife. Oh, that's good. Where, you got a good... I like your brain, man. That's, like, that's a fucking good question. Um, I am going to go. I'm going to go stage four. Mm -hmm. uh, Touche Amore. I mean, I, I love La Dispute. And um, my girlfriend and I actually just saw them play Wildlife in full uh, last week, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of crazy that that record still holds like resonance with like people yeah. younger than me, which is pretty fucking crazy. And yeah. um, But when it comes to Touche, you know, they... Up until recently, and it's only two songs, but only up until recently, they can do no wrong. And yeah. I think stage four, stage four fits in. Uh, they're doing no wrong. Yeah. And plus, you know, to, to start your album with flowers and and you, like that, yeah. that's an amazing opening track. Yeah. Although I have to say that the best track on those two records is definitely King Park. Oh yeah, but I, mean, I would King, also King go with stage part, stage four. Yeah, yeah, King Park is undeniable classic. Yeah. So, Matt, thanks for taking your time. All the best with the application to Magic Mike. <laughs> and <laughs> so, have a good day, man. Take care. Yo, man. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Take take care, man. Bye bye. Later.